Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. Thank you, musicians. The Lord bless you. Amen. We're going to turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. I told pastor as I was trying to uh, hone in on some things, uh, it always makes me nervous when he won't allow me where I want to go, but then that's the reality of all of our flesh. Um, we like the, the trusty certainty of knowing exactly what's happening next, and the Lord has a way of kind of sharpening our faith edge by keeping us sometimes in the not even in the dark so much as just in trust mode. And so we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 5 and 16, and he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you shall not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's the ESV, but listen to it in the KJV. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth, or desires, in contrast, contrary to the Spirit, against the Spirit. The spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'll, I'll just let me drop this in here, that... You can say you're not going to do something all you want to, but if your flesh nature is control in control of who you are, you may be prone to do things you've never anticipated doing. And it behooves us, each of us, to know that the Lord hasn't just filled us to feel good or to prepare us for heaven, but he's filled us because he intends to lead us. And we are entering into a moment of time in history that I, I personally believe, Pastor, and this is, you can correct me or grab my coattail, I'm under your authority while I'm here, but I personally believe that Ukraine and the Church of Ukraine is leading us into a new dimension of faith that we've never existed in before. And while the Lord is blessed, and I'm so grateful for you all leading the charge and the giving that's been there, and we've been happy to come alongside and do what we can from our end, but I think sometimes for us as the American, North American church, the Lord has given us faith to give as we should, but then the Lord is going to allow us in whatever form or fashion, I'm not a prophet or a son of the prophet, to say what this is going to look like, but there will be coming times that we will have to draw from the well of faith that has been Exampled by our brothers and sisters in places like Ukraine and realize that they're not the only ones that need to walk by faith in circumstances that are way beyond their mentality. And we cannot rest in the comfort of our current circumstances because we do not know, any of us, what tomorrow holds. But we do know, as the old song says, who holds tomorrow? 
Amen. Um, continue with me, if you would, in this passage. There's so much stuff here. But the works of the flesh are simply those things that the flesh does when the flesh is in control. And so he continues here. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And he tells us how we do that. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. And for a little while, I just want to talk about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. If you follow the trajectory of the redemption story, it seems to me like the intention of God in redemption is to restore man and woman back to the relationship that he had with them in the Garden of Eden at the very, very beginning. There's not a lot in the Scripture that describes that relationship, but the Scripture does say that he walked with them in the cool of the day. Part of I get teased a little bit being a, a, a well I you know I used to say young man brother Crowley the reality is I'm 54 now so um, that is young I guess depending on who you're talking to but one of my old and favorite songs and I may have broke it out here a time or two before he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. The melody that he brings to me within my heart is ringing. And he walked with them in the cool of the day. There was this sense of relationship that, that ironically, Bishop, seems to be almost echoed in his call to them when they messed up. Where are you, Adam? He hadn't lost Adam. He knew exactly where he was. But the expression of walking with God is in in many places throughout the narrative of the Bible found in relationship. Because when you're walking, you're talking, Emily. Good to see you. I think that's you. i got to put my glasses on. There you go. When you're walking, you're talking. And when you're talking, you're walking. And there's this idea of God's connection to us. And for some strange reason, religion has stripped the voice of God and the idea of intimacy with God out of his church or tried to. Whereas those that speak to God are the special people. You know, the... the, 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 the you know, just unique kind of people. When you hear the, the, the beautiful uh, voice of God expressed to Elijah as he stands or sits in the cave, there's this same kind of beckoning voice like of Adam in the garden where the Lord says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And it's a rhetorical question 
that desires the heart of his son, the prophet of God, to come back out of the dark place into the light. And his heart for you in the New Testament, new birth message, is to you as a son and a daughter to walk with him. For, as the scripture said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. The leadership of the Spirit is not particular to a unique cast of people within the church, but it's the intent of the Lord that when we repent of our sins, we turn from our sins and we turn to the face of the one that we serve. And I mean, this is kind of self-evident, but in representation of that face are the eyes of the Lord who look into us and see us as we really are. And the mouth of the Lord who speaks to us. And in his voice is the sweetness of direction for every part of our lives, both significant and insignificant. I remember pastor one day being at the church. I had been working at a particular job and very, very frustrated. Um, I had a like a same level manager that thought this that she was in charge of everything and making my life miserable and and I had taken things into my own hands regrettably and I quit. I just like I had enough of this. I'm gone. That's it. And I, I, I was enjoying my first morning of freedom from secular frustration. And I got to the church elder, and I laid my face on the carpet, feeling like, Sister Strange, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. And I hardly got my face on the carpet, and the Lord said, I want you to go over and apologize to so-and-so. <laughs> and I'm like, Apologize to so-and-so. She's the one that's the mess. You ever ask the Lord a question or make a statement and regret it immediately? I mean, it should be self-evident that he knows more of what's going on than we do. (laughs) And he said, yes, son, you're right. But she doesn't have me. (laughs) I'm like, oh. Elder, I had gone through it with this lady for a length of time, and this was like decades ago, so hopefully live stream, you know, anyway. And I arrived in her office, knocked on her door, called her name, and she was shocked. But then she looked up and said, well, how can I help you, Scott? And I said, I just want to apologize, so-and-so. I said, we've had some differences, and I've had some things to say. You've had some things to say, and a lot of questions and confusion. I'm sorry. And big old tears started streaming down her cheek. And in one moment of honesty and transparency 
and my feet being led not by my desire to do my thing, but being led by his spirit to do his thing, recognizing, obviously, I'm not a perfect man, but the Lord's not anticipating perfection from us. He's only asking us to follow him in all that we are. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Look at Romans 8 and 12. It, it really kind of meshes with Galatians 5, if, you, if you're looking at that. And even throughout that chapter, the idea of condemnation. Where does condemnation come from? Condemnation comes when I endeavor to do my thing or even God's thing my way. There is, therefore, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not, I'd forgotten this part of that verse, verse 1, Romans 8 and 1, there is, therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And one of the ways in which the Lord is helping me, and I, I don't stand in front of you, obviously, as one who's got it all together, but one of the things I felt like the Lord has, has been kind of prompting me to do is that when I don't know what to do, or when I'm prone to do what I want to do and I'm not sure that it's the thing I should do, I stop everything. And I lift my spirit to the one who does know everything. And I pray. I might not spend a lot of time there, but I'm going to seek the face of God and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And until I have peace, I do nothing. <laughs> until I have peace... I do nothing. Now, you could say, I guess, well, we all have peace because the peace of the Spirit is in us, and I agree with that. However, all of us that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, if you would admit with me, there are moments where the peace is not as evident as others. And sometimes that's been because we've been following after our, our own idea or our own concept or our own way or our own rationale. And the Lord says, go in peace or don't go. He has a way of establishing our hearts in peace so that we can sense his guidance not only in what to do, but when to do it. His timing is impeccable. It is impeccable. And he wants to lead you like that. Not some kind of twilight zone. That's not what we're really talking about here. But what we are talking about, like Abraham, is the reality of the Father leading the charge in everything that we do. Following him. I, I, uh, I may have shared this story, but as an 18-year-old, I was... Well, I was 18, and I had some of the inconsistencies of that age, and I was really mindful of some of God's direction in my relational choices, and, uh, well, it wasn't really working out very good. 
on a number of different levels. I was brand new in Bible college, and, and I was carnal as a rock. Let's just put it the way it was. Um, but then one day, one night, the Spirit of the Lord moved into a service, and I came over to a redhead, a particular redhead, that was going to the same Bible college. And I walked to where she was at the direction of the Spirit. We weren't dating. We, I, I, at that point, nothing. And I walked to where she was at the direction of the Spirit and took her hand. And the Holy Ghost said, son, you've made your choices. If you will listen to me, this is my choice for you. Just as clear as day. I mean, I remember to this day, and thankfully 34 years later, she's, she's, she's still here. By the grace of God. <laughs> we have a word in French, absolument. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't know that that's necessary for some that are following biblical principles and their choices, honestly. If you're doing what the Bible says and making those choices and listening to those that lead you and all of that sort of thing, you probably don't need the still small voice to be that specific because you're already following the plan and the purpose. and the, But... The Lord has a way of doing that like only he can. In ways that are big and profound like that, but also in ways that may be somewhat simplistic, somewhat simple, not particularly detailed, but to just say, you know what, Lord, I know that I want to move forward, but I don't want to just step from the perspective of going and not knowing that it's you planting my feet. Because the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. That when we feel the Spirit say, stop, that we just stop. And when we sense the direction of his presence to move forward, we move forward. And we realize that the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, not necessarily in the sense that each and every element incrementally of our day is something we look to him for, but that we commit in the beginning of the day to lay ourselves out and down until we are dead to our own will and so when we get up from that moment, that time with him, we continue to pray, though we're doing all the things we need to do. And his voice is continuing to be there, accessible, and we treat him. This is going to sound strange to say this this way, but I'm just going to do it because this is how I feel it. Treat him like he's there. He is there. He absolutely is there. But my point is, sometimes we don't consult him like he's there. Now, I don't know all the different things that Nick is good at. Pastor, I'm sorry, Strange is good at. But I guarantee you there's some stuff he's better at than I am. That's just human reality. It's things that he's wired for, that I'm not wired for, and that he does that I don't do well. And so... If I'm walking with him and I step into an environment that he has expertise in, how silly would it be of me to ignore his insight, recognizing what he's good at? 
You follow? There's nothing he, the Lord, doesn't know. And yet how often are we, all of us, prone to do the thing that we're going to do, say the thing we're going to say, be the thing we're going to be, make the decision we're going to make, and not consult him. And particularly when we feel something there that isn't like it should be. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, mm. we need to rest in him so that we can be at rest in the decisions we make. And I think that's more vital today than it's ever been. Because we're moving into a moment of time where confusion and conflict and frustration and fear are running rampant in our world. But we're a lighthouse. We are a people of the name of Jesus Christ and a people of his peace. And his peace needs to settle in our spirits so that as we walk solidly in his direction, others who are looking desperately to know what that's like can look at us and say, how in the world can you be so at peace in this moment? And you say, well, he's the Prince of Peace. And his name is Jesus. Isn't it intriguing? Lord, I love you. Isn't it intriguing that the Bible talks about shoes when it mentions peace? And the reality of the shoes of peace, the gospel of peace, is that there's something that settles when you can put something on your feet that allow you to navigate the terrain that you're in. And now that can change depending on where you're going. And you might need a boot. Did I say that strange for Canadians? <laughs> you might need a, 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 a something on your feet that is particular to what you're about to do, to about what you're about to engage in. But here's what I'm here, to, I guess, to tell somebody, that if you will allow peace to settle in your spirit and upon your going, then when you go, whatever you're going into, he will settle you. That doesn't mean it's going to be fun. It doesn't mean there's going to be no risk. But the beauty of the adventure of God is this world is not our home. We're passing through this place, and the things that we've tended to, to lean on, myself included, the Lord's got a way of shaking those things to, 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 to discern, or at least to help us to discern what we're leaning on. And he wants those shoes of peace to be on our feet moving forward. And he wants that faith that is a shield against all the things that are shot at us to be intact. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. Which predominantly is just about appetite. I want this. I want that. And we see it and we desire it and we go after it. And the Lord says, stop living directed by what you want. 
guided by what you desire and allow my peace, my spirit to lead your life after the spirit. There's this sense of, okay, Lord, what are you up to here? And how do you want to do this? Brethren, verse 12, 8 and 12 of Romans, we are, not, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. <laughs> For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, in the French version of this, it's, it's really kind of cool. And, and uh, I studied some Greek, and honestly, um, though I got through to the other side of it, a lot of it's still not, not in my head as much as I'd like it to be. But in the French, it says, Car tous ceux qui sont conduits par l'Esprit de Dieu. It literally means to be driven by the Spirit of God. It gives the kind of the connotation of he's at the wheel. He's determining the next step, the next action, the next decision. And when we trust him like that, it brings us into a new dimension of faith because faith and trust are interlinked. Oftentimes we, 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 we unlock or, or, or un, unroll faith in the context of belief, and certainly belief is a part of that, but there's also an element of trust that's connected to faith because it's one thing to believe what God can do. It's another thing to step forward into what God wants to do, even though there doesn't seem to be anything to stand on. And so faith is buttressed or undergirded by trust that when the Lord speaks to me, I can step out on the word that he speaks, and he will take care of it. I don't know what the Lord's saying to you. But I'll tell you this, the closer you are to him, the better you can trust him. Now that, again, sounds so self-evident, so self-evident. I, I trust Nick, pretty past strange, quite a bit. I take my wallet out of, out of my, my, my jacket and hand it to him without too much hesitation. Probably, probably very little hesitation, if I'm honest. What is with you guys and having Canadians anyway? But now I'll walk over here, bro, to that redhead over there. And Emily, without hesitation, I could just throw that over to her. I mean, she's the one that fills it anyway. You know why? Because 
Sister Strange, I've learned over 34 years, she handles it better than I do. She does. I'm married up, there's no question. But she handles it better than I do. Her gifting, her, her administration gift, all of that she does. God gave her to me for that reason. Not just that reason, but that's a good one, along with all the others. And when you know him, you can trust him. Not just knowing him mentally, but knowing him intimately. And many of you have walked already in dark places, in deep places, and walked into some things that you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And you've already been able, like Leanne, to sing that song, he's been faithful so faithful to me. And I'm here just to stir up somebody to say, hey, just as faithful as he's been already, he will continue to be that faithful as you move forward into things you've never seen, into things you've never known, into things you've never been a part of before. He's still faithful. Amen. Step forward in trust. And see him and know him like you've never known him before. If we will pray like we've never prayed, we will see what we've never seen. And, and part of, I believe, as much as intercession and, and, and all of those things are so vital to that reality of prayer, there's an intimacy of prayer that at times gets missed because it may be even more of a challenge than the intercession because it's where we go to him with the thing we love the most and we yield it up completely in trust that has no connection to any certainty or reality in our own intellect or in our own heart. We just know he's bigger than I am, stronger than I am, wiser than I am more capable than I am. I've been carrying this, and I should be giving it to him. I've been hesitant in moving forward because I'm not sure what is out there. But like Peter, the Lord says, come, come, son. As many as are led. And sometimes the Lord in the midst of the storm, as we connect with him, will say, step out of the boat. And that step requires trust and faith and relationship. And Peter had developed that relationship with the Lord who had ordained him to be with him. You look at that verse, and I don't have it in my notes but he, they were ordained, for, first of all, for one reason, to be with him. They were ordained to be with him. And you know what? There's something about those that spend time with him, that are with him. It informs their footsteps. It informs their conversations. It informs their trust. In closing, I'd like you to turn with me to Proverbs Chapter 3, it's a popular and, and, and powerful set of verses. 
Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, I love that just by itself. My son, my daughter, my child, you're not just in a kingdom, you're in my family. And I care about you. I've taken care of the birds. I've taken care of the flowers. How much more will I take care of you? Matthew chapter 6, right? My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Our heart is prone to our own direction. But he says, let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace. Peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. Notice that, the sight of God, the face of God. It's an expression of intimacy, just like presence is. In the sight of God and man. Too often, I, I've been there, too often I'm on the phone with man before I'm on my knees with Jesus. I'm in conversation with her or him, and there's nothing wrong with going to the counsel of others. Obviously, that's a scriptural concept. But before I go to anybody, I need to cultivate a heart for his heart. And a, and a mind for his mind and a, and a desire to hear his voice and then allow all of those other conversations to confirm his word and say, you know what, that's amazing you said that because the other day I was reading the, the word and the other day I heard a message or the other day I was talking to pastor and, and he has a way of confirming his word. But watch this now. You'll find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. But in all your ways, whatever, wherever you're headed, acknowledge him. Lord, I want to go by this. What do you think? It sounds so simplistic, but in that opening of your heart, in simplicity to the voice of his direction, you begin to allow all that he is and all that he desires for you to be manifested, to be realized. And even in the simple things, you begin to sense his hand. And it changes everything. It changes everything. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. If the direction is his, then the ultimate path is his. Where you end up is his. 34 years ago, 37 if you count the time we were engaged, I walked to where she was at the direction of the Spirit, and I took her hand. And the Lord says, I've led you to this gift. If you listen... I had a lady that came to me in that ensuing time, and she said, Bishop, she said, don't you ever forget, she was really emphatic, don't you ever forget you wouldn't be half of who you are without Leanne. I said, sis, you way underestimate Leanne. 
I wonder if you'd stand with me in this moment. The Lord's going to take us into this weekend and do some very special things among us. And he is the king of all of our hearts and all of our lives. But I want to encourage you as a church between now and Sunday, let him lead you. Let him conduct you. Let his peace be upon your feet as you move into whatever it is that you're a part of this week. And when you get into any kind of situation, predicament or decision, before you go there, before you go, just lift your heart. If it's, you know, not strange, lift your hands. <laughs> you know, you might not be able to talk out loud if you're in a place where other people are, but acknowledge him in that moment and watch what begins to transpire in your day-to-day -day life when everything you do has the touch of his presence and the imprint of his voice upon it. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. Father, would you lift your hands and hearts with me? Lord, together as the church, Lord, we lift our hands and hearts in desire of your direction, acknowledging you in all of our ways. Lord, you want to lead us and guide us into all truth the truth of your word and the truth of ourselves so that we can be conformed and made like you. Lead our feet, Lord Jesus, in peace. Lead our decision-making. Lead our, our mentalities. Lead our conversations. Lead, Lord, our anticipation of this weekend. Maybe lead us to someone who needs you so desperately and give us the word of wisdom, the guidance that we need to bring them closer to you in these next number of days. Father, upon the authority of your word and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come near to us, Lord. Lord, we're your sons and we're your daughters. And as many as are led by you, we are your children. So lead us forward as a family of God and let the light of who you are and the grace of who you are and the love of who you are and the joy of who you are and the patience of who you are, let it inform every part of who we are. In the name of Jesus, would you clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph? He's worthy. Lord bless you. Thank you.